This is the Evolved Marriage Podcast, episode 26. Today we're talking about how covert contracts are messing up your life. Hi, this is Kate. And this is Eric. And this is the Evolved Marriage Podcast. Where we have fun with growth and connection. Thanks for joining us. All right, let's go. Hey everyone, welcome back. Hello, Eric. (laughs) How are you feeling? (laughs) I'm Uh, trying to do this new voice. It's a radio voice. I like it. I'm going to speak like this the whole time. This is uh, Kate McDougall live on the radio. How are you feeling, Eric McDougall? Uh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling uh, giggly now that Mm -hmm. you're going to do your radio voice for the rest of eternity, which I love. Um, Is it sexy? I guess in the right situation, it could be. We could try it. We have to try it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Never. How does this feel, Eric? <laughs> All right. Uh, that feels so good. I'm feeling good. I, I I feel like I have a lot on my plate. I feel like I'm managing it well. Um, uh, I feel accomplished, yet like there's much more to come in the season, which mm. excites me. Yes. How are you feeling? Always ready for a new challenge. Not me. Oh, my gosh. I was saying you're always ready for a new challenge. Not me. I don't like change. I hate change. It's very uncomfortable. You like less challenges? Oh, less challenges. Don't ask me anything new. Um, I'm feeling very excited. I'm going to see a homeopath tomorrow um, to try and get my anxiety on track. What does a homeopath do? Like help you talk to aliens? Yeah. No, I already know how to do that. Right. No, a homeopath, they like what she's going to do. She's going to look at my blood and well, not actually look at my blood. You know, she's going to make me eventually she's going to look at my blood. She's going to look at my diet and my lifestyle and just see if there's anything other than my brain (laughs) that might be causing anxiety. So, um, but this like ever never ending anxiety. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see what will come of it. This is a new journey for me. I've never actually spoken to a homeopath before. So I'm just excited for like this new experience. Yeah. I don't know what will come of it, but we will see. We're, we do things so naturally that we wash our laundry with nuts. Okay. Everyone makes fun of me for my laundry nuts. It's, it's amazing. Great. They're I called echo great. nuts. We got nuts all over this house. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put the description in the description box. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, with it if you want to buy my nuts. <laughs> so today we really want to be touching on covert contracts, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, covert contracts made famous in Dr. Glover's book, uh, No More Mr. Nice Guy. If you haven't read it, it's a great book. Um, but he talks a lot about this idea of the nice guy syndrome and how these covert contracts play out in our lives. Um, and there's three main ones. Right, mm-hmm. that really come up uh, when we're being a nice guy, and and we're using kind of the term nice guy because it's made famous uh, by Dr. Glover. But this also falls into sometimes Kate's territory as well, right? So sometimes right. women do this as well as so kind of being a nice girl, if you will. We're gonna try saying nice people, but we may say nice guy. When we say nice guy, we're talking about all genders, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so do you want to mention the three kind of main contracts? Yeah, these these cover contracts that uh, we have. I would love to, Eric. I love it. <laughs> So the first one is if I'm a good person, then everyone will like and love me. So if I'm showing up in a way that I think I should be showing up, there's no reason for people not to like me. I'm perfect. So that's that's the first. (laughs) And that when people don't like you, it's a problem for you, right? It doesn't make sense in your life because you're you're like, like, I'm a good person. Everyone should like me. Yeah, I did everything right. What the heck? Yeah. 
And then um, the second one would be if I meet other people's needs without them having to ask, then uh, they'll meet my needs without me having to ask them. Yeah. And the classic one that we see a lot of marriage from the male's perspective is, you know, if I do all the chores, if I clean the house, if I solve all my wife's problems, well, then she'll have a lot of great sex with me. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's a covert contract that a lot of men fall into. Exactly. Right. And then the third one. It's pretty much what you just said. If I do everything right, then I will have a smooth, problem-free life. I guess that's not really what you just said. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. So this idea that, you know, if I continue to go through the motions, if I do everything that's socially acceptable, that problems shouldn't come up. And when exactly. problems do come up, it means that that person is doing something wrong because I am doing I've everything right. Up. Yeah. I showed up. I did everything right. Yeah. So it's this, it's this kind of major lack of responsibility around that one. Mm-hmm, right. Definitely. So how, how would you say these play out in our marriage, right? If we're using real-time examples, how do cover contracts show up in our marriage? What have you seen us do in the past? I think for me, one of the biggest ways that I see it show up in our marriage is when I apologize to you after a fight, after an argument. Mm-hmm. I'll often come down and I'm sorry. I take a lot of ownership. I'll say, you know, I, I really didn't show up right and blah, 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 blah. But the reason I'm doing it isn't because I want you to feel better. (laughs) Well, it is because I want you to feel better because I don't want you to be mad at me anymore. I want you, I think that, so if I'm going back to those three main contracts, um, I'm thinking that if I show up right, if I go up and I meet your needs and I'm like, hey, you're a good guy. Check all the boxes. I checked off all the boxes. You know, you don't have to be mad anymore. Um, and then you, most of the time are still angry because I haven't even given you the time to process or whatever, or you're hurt and you're allowed to be. Um, but my expectation is you won't be anymore. Then I kind of look at you and I'm like, you know what? I apologize. This is your flipping problem now. Like get over it. And when you're over it, come and see me because I've tried. I came, I apologize. I said, I was sorry. I took ownership. You're still in a pouty mood when you're over it, come see me. So that's me not taking responsibility. That's me coming in and thinking that I'm, I'm doing this for Eric, but I'm, I'm really not, (laughs) I'm not actually showing up, um, properly. So that would be one of the main, the biggest examples that I can think of in the marriage for, for us. Yeah. I think at some point in our marriage, I did kind of all of these, right. I, for a long time, I wore the good person mask, right. The nice guy mask. And I think a lot of times, in the past, I was kind of taking care of all your needs, right? I was making mm-hmm. sure the house was clean, the bills were paid, the finance were taken care of, you literally had nothing to worry about. And the idea in my head was that if I created this life for you where you didn't have any problems, that somehow at any point you would just be giving to me sexually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, as I kind of go deeper into this idea that I'm talking about, a lot of times, you know, your nice guy tendencies of this idea of if I do everything right, I'll have a smooth problem for your life that was kind of playing against my nice guy contract, right? Of if I meet other people's needs without tell- without them asking that you're going to meet my needs without asking. And that showed up in uh, the bedroom mm-hmm. because it was the idea that I, when I would get super mad, right? Eventually, and, and we'll talk about what this kind of leads to, but you know, eventually I would do all these things. I would expect you to, to perform sexually for me without me having to ask, right? For you just to guess that it was something that you would give me. You deserve this. Right. You clean the whole because house. Because look how clean our house is <laughs> and look how amazing everything is. And, And when that wasn't happening, eventually I would grow to resent you and resent Mm. that situation. And then I would just blow up, right? I would explode. I would turn into rage and be really accusatory and shameful. And so what that eventually ended up creating in our marriage 
was that you, you know, that idea of you doing things right was you having sex with me to just please me and shut right. me up, right? right? And keep me passive. Well, there say, was nothing left for me to do in the house, so that's all I could right. do. <laughs> and, you, and you were essentially just like, okay, I can kind of see he's getting frustrated right now. Like, you know, after a couple of weeks, I'll just give him this, I'll have some sex with him, that'll solve the problem. Right. And then eventually, if I was still unhappy, you know, you were falling in that thing of like, why are you complaining? Like, we, I have sex I'm with doing, you. Like, why don't you just I'm shut doing up? doing that thing you want. Right, like, exactly. Right. And so I think creating awareness around these contracts was really important for our marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, And the way that we communicate right now is really open and honest, right? We openly talk during a conflict about how, hey, it looks like you're being conflict avoidant here, Kate. Or you'll be like, Eric, I can see you're ramping up the energy here. You're starting to be unkind. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, cool. Yeah, we got to bring things back down. We got to create awareness around what are the expectations that I've had that have led me to this moment to be angry? Yeah, and if you're not creating awareness around these contracts, what happens is you as the nice person are being nice, are being nice, you're being nice, you're doing everything, you're checking off all the boxes, you're like, I'm the perfect specimen of a person, and then you're not, you know, because obviously you're not always showing up in the way that you can't, it's on you, it's impossible. But what happens then is you build that resentment and you start getting angry and you start being like, I am doing absolutely everything in my power to be the nicest person, to be the kindest person, to do everything you want. And you're still not showing up. You're not um, giving me things back in return. You're not showing me love. Um, you're busy with other things. You should be paying attention to me because I paid attention to you all day. You have all these covert contracts coming out and you're angry because these covert contracts aren't being reciproc. What, yeah. is, the, what is the English It's not word? reciprocated. Reciprocated. Yeah. Wow, that was so the same word. That was the exact same word. Yeah. <laughs> Bonjour. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and I think... You know, this brings us to this idea of the victim triangle, Mm -hmm. right? And kind of the three parts to that. So typically, you know, it starts with the nice person, right? The person who's trying to kind of do good to get their needs met. They're kind of giving to others, hoping to get something in return, right? So a lot of the actions I'm taking are, hey, if I do all these things, eventually my needs will be met without me having to say them. Yeah. And these things that I want will just appear and my wife will just give me these things. Or, you know, the, one example that I always use that's really approachable to people is, you know, at work, if I show up early and I'm a good employee, when the promotion comes up, I will get it. Right. I don't even have to ask for it. Right. I'll just get it. You know what I mean? And then when somebody else gets it, I get angry, I get resentful, even though I didn't ask for it. And that's that's a covert contract you have in your head. You think that by acting a certain way, you that you this. deserve and need mm-hmm. to get something. And that's not how the world works, yes. right? And so that idea of the victim triangle is, you know, it starts with when I give to other people, I'm going to get something in return. And then what follows that is when I don't get what I expect, right? And this happens over and over again, I start to get frustrated, mm-hmm. right? Resentment builds, frustration builds. I don't really know how to deal with that frustration, but that happens. So sometimes we bury that frustration, right? Because we have toxic shame in our life for a lot of these, <laughs> these people that have these nice tendencies. Um, it comes from a place of, no, no, don't worry about it. Don't cause a problem. Don't talk about how you feel. Don't talk about your frustration. Just bury that and continue to do nice guy tendencies, mm-hmm. right? And then what happens? The Try third, to be nicer. Right, exactly, <laughs> right? No, no, just keep burying this. You shouldn't Obviously feel this I'm way. Not you should nice enough. Yeah, I need because to be nicer. this is not what the nice person yeah. mask, right, is. So you're not going to open up about how you're frustrated about something. That's what a bad person would do. Mm-hmm. And I'm a nice person. Mm-hmm. So that frustration starts to build. And then eventually the third part, right, of that victim triangle is when that frustration builds, eventually it comes out 
And it doesn't come out in a healthy way, right? This is weeks and weeks, sometimes months, even years of buildup that comes out in massive amounts of rage, passive aggressive behavior. You can, you know, there's pouting, there's shaming, there's blaming, but it's just this really aggressive behavior, which is the opposite of being nice, right? So because we're constantly keeping this in and we're repressing it, it's building within us. And we mm-hmm. talk a lot about this on other episodes, right? This idea of the pressure cooker. Right. Now that was happening for me in my in our marriage. It's very predictable. You start seeing like, oh, wait a minute. I see what's happening here. Like you thought this would happen, didn't you? Like if you did this, you thought that would happen. And I can see why you'd be frustrated because you expected that to happen. And I understand that, you know, you have these expectations of me, but understand that I'm human. I don't read minds. I don't know what you want. So it's very important for you to tell me what it is you need and be very specific about it. And I'm always open. You know, I'm here for you. You know, I want to listen to you, but I can't guess what you want. So thank you for sharing that with me. Thank you for being open and honest and telling me that this is, you know, the story going on in your head, but I really need, I really need you to be more clear with me. Yeah. And I think a lot of times the blockage of people being clear, being open and honest about how they're feeling, what their needs are, right. Comes from this belief that, they don't deserve it, right? Deep down, they were probably raised in an environment where they were made to feel shameful, like mm-hmm. they were a bad, bad kid, a bad human being, and that stayed with them. Yeah. So oftentimes, you know, these tendencies, these nice guy, nice girl tendencies come from that place of toxic, toxic shame of, well, I don't deserve any of this. And in order to cover up that shame that I feel within me, I'm going to go out and, you know, do a lot of amazing things for a lot of people and get their validation to feel good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, inherently on the outside, there's nothing bad with serving others and getting validation for it. No, and it can actually be a very healthy thing to serve others and to do kind things for others. There's there's a lot of good in that, but you have to be careful of where that kindness is coming from. Mm-hmm. Am I doing it as a self-fulfilling thing, a, a, a way to validate myself, or am I truly doing it as an act of service, as an act of kindness? And maybe this is a good place to get into three ways that you can get away from this kind of behavior. Yeah, so as most of you guys know who've been you know, listening to Kate and I, we're all about awareness, right? Mm-hmm. Which is super important to bring these things to the conscious level, to bring it to light, to talk about it, to be open about it. And the first thing is really to start to be open and honest and identify some of these covert contracts that you have, right? Out of the three main ones that we mentioned at the top of the episode, right, which one is showing up in your marriage, Mm -hmm. right? This idea that, oh, if I do X, I will get X or, you know, hey, if I don't cause any problems, eventually I'll live a life free of problems, right? This idea of what things should be like. right? And this is really, you know, what we want you to think about is, what is the story going on in your head mm-hmm. that's creating a lot of this building frustration, this building resentment, right. right? And I think for us in our marriage, sometimes the resentment comes from that expectation that we have of each other, which is unrealistic. We were talking about how you, this used to happen for you on weekends, right? Mm-hmm. One of the contracts yeah. we used to have in my, our marriage was, you know, on a Monday or a Tuesday, Kay would kind of, you know, we'd be practicing dinner together and she'd be like, hey, I'd love to like head to the beach at like 9 a.m. on Saturday. And I'd be like, sure. Like I'd be in the middle, I wouldn't even think anything of it. I'd be like, yeah. yeah, cool. That sounds great. Yeah. And we wouldn't talk about it at all. Yeah. Right. We wouldn't make plans for yeah. it. We wouldn't bring it up again that whole week, five days go by, six days go by. And then on Saturday morning, right. You could see mm-hmm. things were kind of moving, kind of weren't moving. And then things would start to build. Nine o'clock would go by. Nine thirty would go by. I'd get in panic mode. Yeah. Like, hello. Start to get angry. To be going to the beach. And what we eventually realized was that Kate was like, Kate would have this story in her head. Like, 
I said we want to go to the beach and it's not happening. Yeah. So this is your fault. Like I, I opened myself up. I said what I wanted. I said it one time. Yeah. And you didn't help me create it. And then, so we had this great (laughs) conversation about like, Hey, like, you know, number one, it's hard for me sometimes to be really be focused and listen in these moments while Mm -hmm. I'm making dinner, but we need to continue the conversation outside of just that single moment. If Mm -hmm. we want to create things. Yeah. Do you still want to go to the beach? What is our plan for getting to the beach? What is your task that morning? What am I going to be responsible for? This is how we're going to get to the beach. These are all conversations that we should have been having the five days in between (laughs) the first conversation. Totally. So number one, right, to move away from this is you want to identify what's the story in your head. What does that covert contract look like for you Mm -hmm. that starts to build some of those, you know, anger, resentment, Yeah, what are you currently doing in your life that might be a covert contract? Mm -hmm. And the second thing we want to be doing, we talk about a huge difference between caretaking and caregiving, Right. right? And caretaking is this idea that you know, that this used to happen in our marriage when, oh, I did all these things for Kate. I took care of everything that she had going on in her life. So she should be happy. And then I related my, me as a human being, right? Those codependent tendencies of, hey, I'm a good husband if Kate is cared for and is happy about it. Right. And so I was actually, that was caretaking mode because mm-hmm. I was doing all these things. Then when Kate would come home and she'd be angry about something at work. Or I wouldn't notice. Or right. Or I wouldn't, you know have sex with you in the evening exactly <laughs> to say thank you and i i started to get angry at you and i was like yeah. you're you're un- you're not appreciating me you're not and like eric i have my own life i'm sorry like i'm i was busy at work today and i did all these things right and so we want to go into caregiving mode right mm-hmm. which is this true deep caring where now the reason i care for you is just because i want to look myself in the mirror the other day and say eric you're a man that cares for his wife yeah and, and, this and is what you you're showed do. up exactly like you would show up as a level 10 husband yeah exactly um listeners you may be like me and you need kind of like well okay how do i do this because this is very complicated you actually write out what does a level 10 wife look like for me what does it look like for me to show up as my best wife like uh, as being the best wife i can be for eric this is how you're going to understand that you're caregiving instead of caretaking because these are the things that I'm doing for my husband because this is how the, I want to show up as the, my level 10 wife versus this is the things that I'm doing for my husband so that he will love me and care for me and maybe buy me flowers once in a while and maybe let's go for a walk tonight. You know, there's a big difference between doing it because this is how I want to show up as a wife versus doing it because I want something in return. This in the simplest terms is what actions are you taking, right? So number one, you have the story in your head, this covert contract that you're creating constantly. Mm -hmm. Well, how is that story being put into action in your life? You want to create awareness around these actions that you're having, right? Mm -hmm. So an example, right? When I had that covert contract that if I clean the house and I take care of all our finances and I take care of you, that at the end of the night when we went to bed, you would just kind of drop my bones and take care of me. (laughs) Well, the actions that I was taking was I would come to bed, I wouldn't say anything, I would just lie there, and then I would wait, and after 30 minutes, if nothing happened, I would start to get accusatory. I'd get angry. I'd get, you know, resentful. And and so that was an action that I was taking based on the story that I had created in my head. Right, and as you're cleaning... You can be thinking, whoa, 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 whoa. Here I am cleaning. And in my head, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get luck tonight. Hey, Look if, at me. Oh, if Kate Look comes home and sees this. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> so create, become aware of those thoughts. So the third part, right? So we're, we want to understand the story that we have going on in our head, right? This covert contract. We want to think about what actions we're taking based on the story. And probably the most important part that we want to do now is we want to think about how those actions we're taking, right? How those behaviors are hurting people. Mm-hmm. And this is can be the hardest part for us because this goes is. against 
right? This nice guy, this nice girl identity that we've created, right? right? Some of us never want to turn that rock over. Some of us have really negative relationships with feedback. Mm-hmm. We don't want to hear what our partner has to say. So we avoid asking these type of questions, right? One question that I remember asking you very often when I, I was kind of trying to grow was, you know, how are my actions impacting your experience of the marriage, mm-hmm. right? Negatively and positively, right. right? What actions do I take when, you know, you feel like you're having a really positive experience of our marriage? What actions am I doing when you feel like you're having a negative experience of our marriage? Mm-hmm. It's so important to create awareness. And I love the conversations. Eric brought this kind of conversation up in our marriage. And he'll often ask, what is something you want me to start doing? What is something you want me to stop doing? And what is something you want me to continue doing? Mm -hmm. So these might be three really easy questions to ask your partner. And the more you ask and the more you check in and the more you have these conversations, the easier it will become for your partner to honestly answer. But this might be a good start of like, what do you like that I do? What do you like? What do you want me to start doing? What do you want me to stop doing? And what do you want me to continue doing? And so then you really get a clear feedback of your spouse of what they're enjoying in the marriage and what's not working. So yeah, as we're wrapping up, guys, um, you know, we are totally open and honest about how corporate contracts have played a huge part in our marriage, right? And sometimes they still sneak up. So we're constantly aware of bringing up this conversation. Uh, mm-hmm. We literally now joke about it, right? Where we'll make fun of each other as I'm cleaning. gets wow, you're like cleaning thing. I'm like, ooh, I got this major covert contract in my head. You want to hear about it? And she'll <laughs> kind of laugh, right? Yeah. Uh, and then we'll have a conversation about it. But um, as usual, right, for everything that we do as we're wrapping up, check us out on EvolveMarriage.com. Uh, we have our resource page there with a lot of great resources for you. Uh, if you feel, if you're a man who's struggling with this and you do need coaching around it, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, there's a link there on our coaching page if you want to have a conversation to see if we'd be a good fit. But again, more than anything, uh, if you think you know somebody who could benefit from this episode, right, who could get some insight out of it, please share this episode with them. Uh, We need you to really co-create this movement, right, of amazing evolved marriages all over the world. So please do that if you can and pay it forward. Uh, Otherwise, we will see you next week. We love you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.